With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening. I'm Lux of Royal Deluxe, a podcast about the Kansas City Royals, uploading every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to try and give you the most current, most up-to-date news and information about the Royals, except um, that's going to come to an end pretty soon. Oh, okay, the podcast isn't ending or, or anything, uh, at least not that I'm aware of. But however, we're no longer going to have a necessity for uploading every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because, well, the Royals are going to stop playing baseball for a good six months or so pretty soon. Wednesday is going to be the last game of the entire season, and we all know that the, they're definitely not going into the postseason or doing anything uh, fun like that. So um, we're going to go down to Monday and Friday uploads only starting next week, and that'll continue for about a month or so. And then I frankly have no idea what my plan is for the offseason. I-, I might just do like a monthly podcast, like just just check in at the end of every month or so, or the beginning of every month, whichever. And then um, otherwise, yeah, I guess I'll just be going dark for a little bit because, you know, baseball's over. So I'll sleep for the winter and maybe hopefully come back next year. That's the plan. But, you know, things can change. Who knows? Just saying. I'm open to many different possibilities. But anyway, we still have some Royals games to talk about, so let's talk about them. Those good old Royals games that we love watching and that we enjoy so much. Well, the Royals over the weekend had the first half of their six-game series against the Cleveland Guardians. I actually wonder, are we going to consider this one six-game series Or do we consider it two three-game series that are put together? I'm I'm just curious. So the Royals lost two out of three. Does that mean that they lost a series? Or does that just mean they're down two to one on the entire series so far? I'm just curious. It doesn't really matter. This is all semantics. I, I don't know, dude. Whatever. Anyway... Because, yeah, really, has there ever been a six-game series like this in 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 modern history? I I can't I can't say for sure. Then again, I'm not. What do I know? I I'm not very knowledgeable. Who who am I? I'm just some dude on the internet. I I I'm I'm a freaking idiot. I'm like a I'm an infant. I'm a little baby. I've only been watching baseball for a few years. I have no idea what I'm talking about. So who knows? Maybe someone will be like, oh, actually, in 2004, the Houston Astros... Oh, maybe. Whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter too much. Point is, Royals lost two games over the weekend. They did win a game, so that's nice. They finally won a game again. It's funny that we were uh, we were joking. Well, I didn't really say anything about it on the podcast, but um, I, I guess the general community was joking that at some point last week, 
The Royals won the 63rd, or their 63rd game of the season. So they officially avoided the 100 loss season. They, event, they, they, they finally avoided that dreaded dishonor. And then it's like, oh, okay, cool. We, we're not going to lose 100 games. Now it's, it's time to lose every single game because they immediately got swept by the Detroit Tigers, a team that seemed very unlikely to sweep anybody. Suddenly the Tigers are, are like going on a tear. I, I guess the, the Tigers decided that um, because nothing matters anymore, they can just play good baseball or something. I don't, I don't, I don't know why they would decide to do that now of all times, but go off, I guess. Sure. Congrats. And so they're, uh, they're actually kind of leaving the Royals in the dust in the American League Central basement race because uh, they're now a game and a half above the Royals. Who who would have thought, huh? How, um, how interesting. How the turntables, as they might say. Anyway, the Royals at least managed to win another game. So now they, they, they avoid the 99 loss season. The most they can lose is 98. They're 64 and 95 currently. And believe it or not, the one game they won was not the one you might expect. Because the general rule with the Royals over the past couple of months, it feels like, is when Brady Singer pitches, the Royals win. If Brady Singer doesn't pitch, usually they lose. However, Brady Singer, he, you know, he pitched on Friday and uh, the, the Royals lost. Yeah. That, that that happened. They 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 uh didn't win with Brady Singer on the mound. Yeah, Brady Singer actually uh had one of his worst starts on Friday. Unfortunately, like this wasn't even a uh you know like a two to nothing loss where Brady Singer went seven innings, gave up two earned runs. Um, no, he was uh just not good on Friday, which is unfortunate. And also, I have to share. You know, as we talk about this L, I have to talk about the L that I posted because I've been saying this whole time that um, if Brady Singer pitched like 15 more innings, he would be able to qualify as a pitcher because qualifying pitchers are those who pitch one inning per game played by their team. So generally 162 innings makes you a starter, a qualified pitcher. And once you're a qualified pitcher, that really like it's like you kind of have a bit of a different status in the league. You know, that's when you start actually getting looked at for, like, Cy Young contention. That's when you, like, like for example, you can qualify for the ERA title if you're a qualifying pitcher. If you're not, then it doesn't really matter, which is why, you know, Jacob deGrom didn't have an ERA title last year, even though he, you know, only had an ERA of, like, one <laughs> after, like, 15 starts. Well, it, it didn't matter because they only threw like 90 innings or so. So yeah, it's it's kind of like a, it, it's a bit of an elevated status, I guess, for uh, starting pitchers. Um, so I thought that Singer, you know, he had a chance of getting there. It turns out he actually didn't have a chance of getting there. I didn't realize this and this is my fault. I guess I should have just known better, but 
Um, it turns out Brady Singer wasn't going to pitch the last game of the season anyway, which is kind of what I said was going to happen or what I expected to happen. No, that was never in the cards for the Royals. They've been running out of six-man rotation. I should have known better. I'm a <laughs> slapping myself in the head because I'm a big bozo. Yeah, the six-man rotation is Singer, Kel- not Keller, Singer, Granke, Bubich, Lynch, uh, Castillo, and I think Jonathan Heasley now. So that's six guys. Yeah, so Brady Singer wasn't actually going to uh, pitch on the last game of the season. So therefore, he didn't have two more starts. Therefore, he was never going to reach the uh, 162 inning mark. But it doesn't matter anyway, because he wasn't going to make it with a start like that on Friday. Anyway, so, okay, I guess they don't have to feel so bad about posting that. But yeah, he went 5.2 innings, gave up six earned runs. Even though it was a pretty decent game for the most part. Like, for through five innings, he only gave up one run, and it was, and it was good. Like, just... Nothing to complain about, really. But then suddenly the sixth inning came around and gives up two singles to lead off the inning. And then Jose Ramirez just rams all of our hopes and dreams into right field. And uh, that's a home run. And then uh, Singer, he gets a couple outs, but still gives up a walk and a double and then a few more hits. And then it's just like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he really uh, just unraveled in the sixth inning and it's unfortunate so there goes my hopes of him i don't know qualifying for uh, qualifying as a pitcher or start or finishing as a qualified pitcher not that it was going to happen anyway but there also go his hopes of finishing with a sub three era instead he will finish the season with a 10 and 5 record and a 3.23 era 153.1 innings pitched. But that's fine because that is still a fantastic season for him. By baseball reference, he had accumulated 4.4 war, which I think might be the 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 best the, the most war we've gotten out of a pitcher in a single season since 2017, I think. Let's see. Baseball reference says Jason Vargas was had 4.1, so you have to go even further back. Ian Kennedy, 2016, 4.2. Wow, this is legitimately like one of the best seasons of Royal has had in a long time. Because <laughs> even like 2015, 2016, we didn't have like a four and a half war season from a starting pitcher. Sheesh. So yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so James Shields, 2013, 4.7. That's just by baseball reference. Maybe by Fangraphs it would be different. Fangraphs says he has... uh, Let me pull that up. I just had it. It's like 2.7, I think. This is why war kind of annoys me whenever people like talk about it or argue about it. It's just like... It really depends on which website you're using because they just do it completely differently. But anyway, it doesn't matter too much. 2.9, actually. So, yeah. Anyway... Brady Singer finishes with a pretty remarkable season. And consider that. Like, consider war or whatever. Consider that this that he did it with basically a lost month. You know, he didn't actually join the starting rotation until the middle of May, I think. Let's see, his first start was May 17th. Yeah. So, he basically lost a month and a half of the season. And... 
like I was kind of saying, he came pretty close to qualifying as a starting pitcher. Um, you know, maybe if he, uh, I mean, if he had another start, he'd still have to throw 8.2 innings. He'd basically have to throw a complete game, so I doubt it would have happened anyway. But still, consider that he was able to get this many innings with basically a lost month and a half. Like, he can probably throw close to 200 innings in a full season. I think he has the arm strength for it. He hasn't shown any clear signs of fatigue over the entire course of the season. And it was kind of a a strength of his as a prospect and as a college player that he could just throw innings. He has not had any significant injury. He hasn't really had any injuries over his career. And I I mean, knock on wood, would hopefully that never happens. You know, I feel like pitchers are always like ticking time bombs. It's like, at some point, their arm is going to blow up in some way. Their arm, their shoulder, their elbow, whatever it is. But yeah, Singer has always had uh, tremendous health for a pitcher. That has always been one of the, um, his best qualities back as a college player, as a prospect, everything. So yeah, he could throw a lot of innings in the near future. Hopefully next season, uh, I mean, he's going. He, I expect him to be the opening day starter. Unless they get, like, a slam-dunk ace pitcher in free agency or trade, which I really doubt they're going to do. Yeah, Brady Singer should be our our opening day pitcher next year. And I, and if he gets a, an actual full season getting 30-plus starts, yeah, I mean, he can at least... I mean, he, he's shown a lot of consistency throughout this season, being able to go six-plus innings even on days where he doesn't have his best stuff. I mean, this this start he had on Friday was just one of two starts throughout September and August that where he went less than six innings. And on Friday it was five and two thirds, so he was he was one out away. And August thirtieth was four point two. So yeah, he's consistently going six innings, often getting seven innings. He can be he can be a, a bit of an innings eater, except better than that because he's actually really really good at pitching. He's not just you know a guy who will throw innings but give up a, more than a couple runs in the process. So overall, a pretty great season for Brady Singer, and really thank God we've had this because the pitching in Kansas City has been a, a, an absolute disaster for the most part, but at least we have this guy. And and I'm really glad it's Singer of all people because he was kind of the face or made to be the face of this Royals rebuild. Like when they uh when he was drafted, he was the first guy to be drafted in that 2018 draft. That pivotal draft, our first draft since losing Hosmer and Kane and all that. Like this is this was the start of building a brand new Royals core, and that 2018 draft was full of college pitchers, and Brady Singer was the headliner of all of them, and he was the first to pitch for the Royals, for the first one of all of them to make the major leagues. And I remember back in 2020 reading an article on the Athletic about it, about how the other pitchers in the Royal system were like really looking up to him. They were, you know, like all of them were watching his first start in 2020 because it's like that guy is us. Like he represents 
the entire Royals organization for pitching. He's the leader of all these prospects, and uh, that's really cool. So for him to take such a such a big step forward, it shows that not only can he be the guy to lead a rotation, but it also shows that not all is lost for pitching development in Kansas City. And it shows that they at least had something going for them in that 2018 draft. As disastrous as it might seem, you know, if if you can get a good player out of your first round pick, then is that really such a bad draft? Like, if Brady Singer is the only pitcher to really stick an MLB rotation or bullpen or just, just, just make the major leagues at all, basically, have a successful major league career at all, I mean, really, is that so bad of a draft? You would at least hope, you, you know, you always hope to get one good player out of your draft. Royals did that in 2018. I know we had really big expectations for everyone else in that draft, but at least we got one. You know, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I'm, I'm not, please don't assume that I am, you know, just patting the Royals on the back and saying, job well done. Uh, on Brady Singer. I mean, for Brady Singer individually, yeah, but not like the entire pitching. Obviously, the Royals have a lot of work to do with getting their pitching on track. I'm just saying, thank God we have Brady Singer. Thank God he had the season that he had in 2022. Hopefully, he will continue this in 2023 and beyond. It's just, you know, there's something. Is all I'm trying to say. It's 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 something. It's better than nothing, and I'm really going to um celebrate this one success story that we've had because we don't have a lot of success stories this season. But the one game the Royals did win this weekend was a game started by Chris Bubich, actually, which is pretty cool. Excited about that, Chris Bubich. Meanwhile, had um one of, or maybe outright his best start. He threw five scoreless innings and only had five hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. Yeah, Chris Bubich just had a, a banger start right there. And I've said before that I don't think that Bubich is going to go particularly deep into games. I think he does. He's someone who just kind of gets noticeably fatigued after about five innings but this like a start like this yeah this was freaking awesome dude he 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 looked he had his like the seriously like the best stuff he had all season dude really happy for him that he can finish his season on a high note because it has been a miserable season for him he got the win for that game which put his record at 3 and 13. <laughs> 3 and 13. Like, God, dude. I mean, I, I know pitching wins and losses, it's a dumb stat. It's an archaic stat. But still, it has to, it, it can't feel good having that just hanging over you. You know, just, just having a stat that says you've lost 13 games. That sucks, dude. And his and his ERA at the, the for the season is five point five eight. Just ugh, I, feels bad, man. But at the very least, he has this one start 
at the very end of the season that um he can be that we can all be satisfied with he can be satisfied with as well this was a really really good game for him and a really really good game for the bats overall as the royals uh, ultimately kind of teed off the guardians pitchers for a little bit ultimately they scored seven runs off of 12 hits salvi had a four hit game he absolutely he was just on fire on saturday night Drew Waters hit his fourth home run of the season and had a two-hit game. Drew Waters, it's like, I feel like every now and then we've mentioned Drew Waters doing something nice. I don't think we've ever talked about, like, how great Drew Waters has been, aside from, you know, like, he's had highlights, obviously. I like to point out the times when he's walked because... I always love to mention that Drew Waters was not a guy who took a lot of pitches when he was in Atlanta's system, and then he got traded to the Royals and immediately got way better at it. Drew Waters has an OPS of 841. Just to highlight how good he's been. Like, like that, that, that needed to be said. We've talked about Drew Waters a little bit here and there, but I don't think it, it's really been stated how good he has been. 841, 250 average, 341 on base, 500 slugging. Yes, it's a small sample size. He has only played 28 games. He's taken 92 plate appearances, so he has less than 100 overall. Small. In fact, he might still technically have prospect status going into next season because he hasn't played that many games. I think he would have to play like 40. I think he would have to spend like 40 days on the MLB roster overall. And I don't think he's done that. I could be wrong. It's going to be really close, I think. So, um, yeah, I will just say, don't quote me on this. This is, but it doesn't matter because I'm just saying it has been a small sample size. But there's nothing to suggest that Drew Waters is off to, like, you know, a hot start or anything. In fact, if anything, this is, like, a modest start. Like, this, I think, is just the player he is. I Like, this, the stat line he has now, that at the very least, a 250 average and 341 on base, I, like, there's no reason to believe he can't just do that normally over a full season. Why can't he? He he's he has all of the skills to just continue this kind of production. And on top of that, you're going to get a potentially plus defensive center field. Er. Like, yeah, Drew Waters has been out- outstanding so far in his short time with the Royals. I am super glad that we have him. I'm really, really excited for the future of this guy because... I think he is going to be a star. MJ Melendez had a two-hit game, which is great. And he also drew a walk, so that's awesome. MJ, I haven't, like, mentioned um, how he's been a little bit slower um, at the plate in the month of September. Not, like, too much. He hit about 200 throughout the month of September. But still, nice for him to get a multi-hit game and get the batting average up a little bit. I'm not, like, worried about him or anything. I think he's had a, a very, very solid uh, rookie season. I, I have no complaints about him whatsoever, but just good on him for having a good game, and hopefully he can finish the season strong. And also, Vinny Pasquantino got a hit and a walk. 
he's someone else to mention just because it, I, it, it, a little bit of a feature to keep an eye on at the end of the season uh, is the uh, the Vinny watch, I guess, where um, we watch his walks and his strikeouts because, I, I think I mentioned this last episode, he has a, the potential to finish with more walks than strikeouts this season. Right now, he has 34 walks and 33 strikeouts, so he is winning this. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna assume him having more walks and strikeouts is a is is a win because I mean that, that, that that's a good thing. But yeah, Vinny. I mean, I was just talking about Drew Waters, how excited I am for him, and I mean, yeah, I, I think the world of Drew Waters, I think the galaxy of Vinny Pasquantino. I think he's probably going to be the best pure hitter of this lineup. I mean, I mean, sure, there are probably guys on this lineup that you know might be better players overall, such as Bobby Witt Jr. But Vinny and his skills at the plate are so phenomenal that I am I'm over the moon about him. I I really am. I'm so excited about Vinny Pasquantino, and he's had such a great first season since i kind of did this for drew waters let's mention the numbers for Vinny. it is a 381 on base 441 slugging for an 822 ops now i think that um i think drew waters his slug i don't think drew waters is going to slug 500 i don't think he's going to be like an 800 ops guy but Vinny, 822 ops this seems very normal this seems natural i think that he can not only continue this but increase it i think he's going to hit for more power as he gets more experience in the majors and by the way he's hitting 291 this guy just hits he just rakes and if he doesn't he stares at pitches and laughs at them he spits on them and takes a base or takes bases. Yeah, he's he's great. He's awesome. I love him. I love Vinny so much. I'm so excited for Vinny. And also these three guys that we're talking about, Vinny, MJ, and Drew Waters, they had a really good game on Sunday as well. MJ and Vinny both had three hits. Three hits each. Three hits individually, and Vinny added a walk on top of that and didn't strike out a single time. Drew Waters only had a, well, he had a hit and a walk, but that's fine, and that's great, and good for him, and I, I love that. I love that for him. And uh, it, I was especially happy because a, a lot of this happened in the eighth inning against James Karinchak. I just felt like mentioning this because James Karinchak is my least favorite player in baseball, which might be, it might seem kind of random because he hasn't technically done anything to us. No one has really done anything to the Royals because the Royals haven't been good enough for anyone to do anything to them. I mean, in the past, like, who are our, our rivals? Like Robinson Cano for not letting Billy Butler hit in the home run derby? Yeah, he's an asshole and I hate him, but he's not around anymore. Uh, Bruce Rondone for ruining Moose's 2017 run. Yeah, he's also an asshole. He's not around anymore. Uh, I don't know, Tim Anderson for just kind of not liking us. 
I, I like Tim Anderson personally. I think I think he was kind of right. <laughs> I don't know who else. Noah Syndergaard for throwing at El, 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 Alcides Escobar in the World Series? No, because technically he didn't throw at Alcides Escobar in the World Series. And I, I also like Noah Syndergaard. I don't, we don't have any rivals. We don't have any rivals. No one has done anything to us because we're not important. <laughs> so um, just by process of elimination... My least favorite player is James Karinchak. Why? Because I think he's freaking annoying. I hate him. I hate his stupid pitching style. His stupid delivery. At least he, he stopped doing the freaking dance dance revolution thing that he did before every pitch for the last two years. Also, he said like uh, vaccines are equivalent to Nazi Germany or some stupid crap like that. He, he's just freaking annoying. I just don't like him. And on Sunday, Royals hitters beat the piss out of him because Drew Waters walked all over him. Then Nate Eaton walked all over him. And then MJ singled and Vinny singled. And that scored it two runs each. Not that they didn't score two runs each. That doesn't make any sense. It scored two runs total. So, yeah. I don't care that the Royals lost this game overall 7-5 to five, because Max Castillo was just awful. That game. It doesn't matter. I'm just talking about one particular thing that brought me some joy. Because I don't have a lot to look forward to with the Royals. So I will take any small victory that I can get. And that's that. And that's about that for the Royals season. Except we still have three games against the Guardians in Cleveland because someone decided it would be funny to make these two teams face each other six days in a row. I don't know. So that's how we're going to go out this season. Today, on Monday, October 3rd, my favorite month of the year, by the way, we have Zach Greinke pitching against Tristan McKenzie. Zach Greinke, you know, everyone said last time it was going to be Zach Greinke's final start. I don't know why they said that. I thought that was weird. And sure enough, it wasn't his final start. Will this be his final start? We may not know the answer for a while. It's possible. Maybe even likely. But you know what? Zach Greinke has a 3.78 ERA this season. I'm really surprised by that. If he ends up finishing with like a 3.6 ERA or something over the course of the season, I will be astonished. I thought like low four was the ceiling for him this season. And it turns out he's actually kind of beating that. So good for you, Zach Greinke. Good for him. I'm really happy for him. And I've, I've talked about Greinke a lot over the course of the season. Obviously... I love Granky, and I think the world of him. I'm so, I'm I'm really glad he was brought back this season. And I said before that if the Royals bring him back this season or for this off season, next season, I'll be okay with it, just as long as they bring in another good pitcher like Noah Syndergaard. That would be you know just like you know uh, just a random pick, just a, just a guy, you know. But anyway, yeah, Zach Granky finishing the season strong potentially finishing his career strong. Love to see it. And then on Tuesday, we've got Daniel Lynch pitching against Cal Quantrill. And then Wednesday, final game of the season, it'll be Jonathan Heasley 
against Zach Plezak. That'll be the last game of 2022, and then we can um move on with our lives, get back to watching football and stuff like that. I uh I totally do that. I know what football is. I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, but whatever happens, we'll talk about it when we get there. Until then, I'm going to uh, do something else today. So, that's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. I would love to hear from you at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter, or you can send me an email, give me some direct feedback at royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com. I think my cat wants to say hello. He just keeps walking around. Hey, you want to say anything? Hey, you got something to say? You got something to say to the people? You want to like, this is your spot. To, we're not, we, this is not a sponsored podcast, but if you want to endorse something, you can. He's giving me the silent treatment. Get out of here. I just threw him across the room. <laughs> Onto a soft object. Don't worry. I don't hurt my cats. I know how to handle my cats. Anyway, that had nothing to do with anything. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day. And I hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux, and I'll see you on Wednesday. Until then, go Royals.